Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Dynasty's continued rolling across the soccer landscape of the Treasure State as four state championships were claimed this last weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In the Class AA Boys State title game at Fort Missoula, Hellgate got a goal from senior Marcus Anderson in the final minute of the second extra time period to lift the Knights to a 1-0 victory over Kalispell Glacier to earn its third straight Class AA title. The championship is Hellgate's seventh title since 2011. In AA girls action, Billings West finished off its unbeaten 2021 season with a 1-0 win over Bozeman Gallatin for the second title in three years for the Golden Bears. In Class A boys, the state title match featuring the Whitefish Bulldog finishing off one of the great runs in the history of the state of Montana. Columbia Falls had a penalty kick to tie the game with no time remaining, but Whitefish keeper Will Petmeyer made a save to secure the 3-2 victory. Whitefish's fourth straight state title means that the Bulldogs have not lost a match since the 2017 state title match against Belgrade. In the girls' Class A state title match, the Laurel Locomotives kept chugging. The dynasty of the division posted a 2-0 a win over rival Billing Central to claim its third straight state title and fourth in five seasons. Laurel has played in nine consecutive Class A state title games. And finally, Belgrade head football coach Eric Kinneman has resigned after 15 seasons at the helm with the Panthers. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Dirty boots in them, in a pocket like enrolling in a college. Mean as a dean, triple beam. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, as well as around the great state of Montana on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. 
Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on a Wednesday. Always enjoy taking you home, no matter what weekday it is here on Nuanas Now. Coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Montana, new to Missoula. You can find them on the corner of Stevens and Mount here in the Garden City, or you can check them out online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Jam-packed first hour. Caught up with Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director. Also heard from Brett Vegan, Montana State Head Football Coach. And did a little season wrap-up with Missoula Hellgate High School football coach Mick Morris. Appreciate all those folks for joining us here. You can find all of that on the first hour of the Nuanas Now podcast. Available all your various podcast hosting platforms. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Nuanas Now podcast proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications. We go now. Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable. I was down at Paradise Falls, the proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable, celebrating a great friend of this show, Mike Nugent. He won his city council election last night, so congratulations to Mike and his family. It was fun seeing his kids and his wife. And uh, good times had by all. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. Great place for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or maybe a little happy hour as well. Also the proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable. We're joined now on the ESPN Roundtable by Guy I've worked with and alongside for a long time now, one of the best in the business, Larry Weir. He's the voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles. Eastern, of course, the number five-ranked team in the country. They host Montana State, the fourth-ranked Bobcats, in Cheney on Saturday. Larry, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Colbert. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. Of course. So let's talk about the here and now, first and foremost. Both of these teams, Montana State and Eastern Washington, both coming off buys. Eastern... Still, they're told a little bit coming into the bye week. They were undefeated number two in the country, but they fell to four-time defending Big Sky Conference champion Weber State in Cheney, 35-34. Take us through the action. It sounded like it was a pretty crazy game with uh, some unorthodox twists, particularly on special teams. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I usually if you see one fake punt in the game, that's 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 pretty good by one team. Uh, but then when we saw the second fake punt, that was a little bit odd. And then when the third one, and they all were successful, came along, and they were all different, uh, that was uh, that was something to see. They they did a, an excellent job of of uh, of executing those plays, and and Weaver was outstanding defensively in this game. Um, you know, they didn't they they chose to drop seven or eight, which was a little bit of the opposite of what Montana decided to do against Eastern. Uh, in in early October, and their defensive backs really held up well, and you know there just wasn't a whole lot of open receivers down the field. Eastern didn't get any big shots. They had one one shot early in the game to uh, to uh, uh, Talolo Limu Jones, and it was just overthrown by Berrier. But you know they did a, a great job defensively in that ball game. I thought to to limit Eastern, and then the three special teams plays were just huge in that game. Weber State seems to have the formula, at least a little bit. No one really has any sort of formula to slow down Eastern Washington's passing game, but uh, Weber seems to be able to control it just a little bit more than most of the rest of the teams in the league. Why do you think that is? I really think that it gets down to their secondary. Those guys had a a really good grasp on what they needed to do coverage-wise because they didn't put a lot of heat on Barrier. As I said, they rushed three, sometimes four. 
And if they pressured him 20% of the time, I'd be surprised. It just basically nobody was open down the field. They went to, you know, we'll cover your four or five guys with, you know, our seven or eight back there, and we think we can do it. And they did it for the most part in that game. You know, North Dakota State, I think, plays Eastern a little bit to a similar situation. And so I'm going to be interested to see how Montana State with the you know, with, with Coach Vegan having you know cut his teeth at North Dakota State, even though he's on the offensive side, not the defensive side, I'm going to be interested to see how that matchup, uh, how that works itself out on on Saturday. Larry Weir, the voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's our ESPN Roundtable, presented proudly by Paradise Falls of Missoula. And Larry, I, I did a little podcast segment with longtime Eastern Washington Sports Information Director. Dave Cook, and uh, Dave just retired recently. But one thing that was sort of the primary theme of our conversation was the almost unflappable and consistent identity Eastern Washington has encompassed. I, mean, I first remember sort of heavily following the Big Sky Conference when I was a teenager, and for the last 20 years or so, Eastern has looked the same no matter who the head coach is. I know that there's nuances, and especially if you cover the team, you know subtle differences, but it's been among, if not the best quarterbacks in the conference and among, the not, if not the best quarterbacks in the country, throwing to the most diverse and explosive receiver group in the country. They've always had great offensive lines at Eastern. Fast defenses that prioritize trying to force turnovers to get the ball back in the offense's hands as quickly as possible. So I know you've been doing this a long time, calling Eastern games for a long time. Why, though? Why has the consistency been able to remain, and how important is that consistency to their success? I think it's been tremendously important, Coulter, and, and what I would say is there hasn't, they haven't gone outside the box, really, uh, when they've had a, a, a head coaching vacancy. Dick Zorns was there, Mike Kramer had been Zorns' assistant, so when Zorns decided to retire, Kramer moved from the assistant position into the head coaching spot. Paul Wolf had started with Dick Zorns as an unpaid graduate assistant uh, that was helping out with the strength program because they really didn't have strength and conditioning coach at that point in time. So when Kramer decided to go to Bozeman, then Wolf, who had been elevated from the grad assistant to full-time assistant and offensive line coach under Kramer, he becomes the head coach. One of the guys he hires during his time there as offensive uh, as head coach and offensive coordinator is Bo Baldwin. Baldwin spends four years in Cheney, moves on to Central Washington. Wolf leaves to Washington State. Baldwin comes in. Away you go. He's familiar with the program. And then you go to Aaron Best, who played for Kramer, coached by Wolf at the offensive line position at Eastern. When Wolf gets the head coaching job, Best finishes his career. He ends up coming into the coaching staff, stays when Bo Baldwin is part of the coaching staff, and ends up getting elevated when Bo leaves to go to Cal as the offensive coordinator. So I think it's just been that consistency within the program in that you're getting guys that are familiar with how you have to do things at Eastern to be successful has allowed them to continue that success, uh, in my opinion. Amazing, too, that there's the the narrative that it is quarterback you, but three of the four of those guys you just named are offensive linemen. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> I love you got Cra- Craves, an old Idaho offensive lineman, and Paul Wolf, one of the offensive line gurus uh, all the way around the entire college football world. And uh, then, of course, now Aaron Best, who was a great offensive lineman himself as a player at Eastern and now uh, the head coach. What have you thought of the transition to Coach Best? Because Bo Baldwin was awesome. I mean, he was the coach of the 2010s and the Big Sky Conference. You could certainly – 
uh, put him up there among the best coaches in the modern era in the Big Sky Conference period. Uh, multiple Big Sky Conference titles, multiple deep playoff runs, and of course, the last national championship by a Big Sky Conference team back in 2010 when Eastern made that great run to its only national title. Uh, but Aaron Best, he took over the squad that second year. They had like 28, 30 seniors, so many seniors on that team. They went all the way to the national championship game. But now it seems like the roster is more his. The identity is more his. How have you seen the change, though, and what have you thought of the way that the program has transitioned uh, to Aaron Best? I really think they wanted to run the ball more than maybe they did toward the end of Bo's tenure here. When you've got a Vernon Adams and, you know, a quarterback, maybe the, the thought was at the time to, uh, uh, you know, to put the ball in his hands a little bit more than to, to necessarily maybe have a balanced offense. But there's no way you can replace a Bo Baldwin, just like there was no way to replace a Bobby Houck at Montana until Houck decided to come back. Uh, you know, it's it, it's tough to do. It's it's a it's a big charge. And Coach Best, being a, a great friend of Baldwin and, and coaching with him, and not only for the the years that Bo was head coach at Eastern, but also when they were both part of Wolf staff at at, at WSU. Those guys had been together at Eastern, I should say. Those guys have been together for you know 13 years or something. And so I think a little bit of of how Bo wanted to do things leached down to Best, and how he wanted to do things, and I think really the only real tweak has just been trying to become a little bit more balanced than maybe Eastern was in the last few years of Baldwin's tenure uh, in, in Cheney. Larry, we're joining us here on Nuanas Now. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Larry, let's talk to you about the arc of this season for Eastern Washington. I know you and I did a podcast together leading up to the Montana game. Eastern, I, I have so much respect for the narrative within the program because when you talk to the players and you talk to the coaches, they have the utmost high expectations. I mean, it is a national championship or bust level of internal expectation. I think that's that, that's what you have to have if you want to win at that high of a level. But in your mind, how does this team stack up to maybe what you expected them to be? I mean, they are 7-1, a top-five team in the FCS. They're lighting it up offensively. I mean, unprecedented numbers right now for Eric Berry and the Eagle offense. How's it going compared to maybe how you thought it was going to go back in the summer? You know, last year I, I didn't think, Colter, they had the opportunity with about 13 weeks from the end of the regular season in the spring to the start of the fall season. I didn't think they had the time to build – the size and the strength on the lines that they needed to do. I thought it might take them another year to be able to get to that point, to get to the to the strength level and the size level they wanted to have after the playoff situation in North Dakota State uh, basically, you know, stuck it in their ear for them uh, in that ball game. But they did. The defensive line, to me, has been a huge surprise this year. Um, they have played very well against the run for the most part. And they've been able to pressure the passer for the most part uh, this season. So I think they have been tremendous. And for me, that's been a surprise. And I think the offensive line, with a couple of injuries, has also been. Uh, and, and, and there's always an expectation of the offensive line at Eastern for them to be good. Uh, but they've been maybe a little bit better than what I thought they might be, again, with such little time to, to try to, to, to improve yourself from the 21 spring to the 21 fall. So. For me, I was expecting a big year at Eastern, and I think with the improvements they were able to make, it's that's why they're at this point in time sitting there at seven and one and ranked fifth in the in the country. I don't know that I had an expectation or a prediction of what they'd be through eight games because the schedule was was so tough. 
uh, to this point, and it continues to be tough uh, with this game coming up against Montana State and the next one at UC Davis. Um, but but I would say that the that the improvement on the line of scrimmage uh, has has surpassed my expectations and is a good chunk of the reason why they are where they are at this point. We had Kalen Kreiner uh, as well as Jack Settlebach on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast throughout this year, and, and Settlebach will be a, an upcoming guest. We'll have that one dropping uh, either Thursday afternoon or Friday, so you can check that out as well. Outstanding inside linebacker for Eastern, one of the best in the league. Uh, besides those two guys, those are the guys that really popped to me when I was in Cheney watching Eastern Washington against Montana. Uh, who else, though, is, is somebody to keep your eye on for Eastern Washington defensively? You mentioned the pass rush. Where do they get their productivity up front? Well, they've gotten a big year out of Joshua Jerome, who's a defensive tackle. He is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Statistically, at this point in time this year, he's one of the top guys uh, in the conference, in both sacks and tackles for loss, he has uh, uh, five sacks this year. That's eighth in the conference, and he has 11 tackles for loss, which is fifth at this point in time. So he's been really good on the interior of their defensive line. And anytime you can get some push and get pressure from those defensive tackles, that's where they're going to help out that pass rush, and he's been outstanding this year. Ty Graham is another linebacker who's the son of a, of a coach. John Graham was... Bo Baldwin's defensive coordinator for many of the years that Bo was was in Cheney, and Ty has played very well at linebacker this season for Eastern, along with Sindelbach. They've given them a really nice duo there in a conference that's full of great linebackers, from Montana to Weber State, et cetera, Idaho, Montana State, et cetera, et cetera. It's a league of great linebackers, so you know some guys aren't going to get the all-conference attention they probably should, but it's not for an oversight that just there's a lot of really good guys in this league. So those are the, the two guys that, that really hit me that are, are, are you know, have, have had really good seasons. Mitchell Johnson's had a good season at, at defensive end, and there was a lot of uh, uh, buzz about him coming into the season. And really at corner, I think they've had a pretty good come through and a, and a kid by the name of Demetrius Crosby, who has played more and more as the year has gone on. And he's probably the biggest corner that Eastern has. And he has played pretty good football as well. And, and Trey Weed has been solid also at corner this year for the Eagles. But, yeah, I think you're right. Sindelbach and Kreiner, if nothing else, they're probably the emotional leaders uh, to this defense as well as being uh, you know, really good players on the field this year. They play hard. There's no doubt about it. Well, really, let's talk about the specifics of this matchup. Uh, to me, there's a couple keys that it really comes down to. But what say you? What do you think are the keys for Eastern Washington in this game with Montana State coming to town? Well, I don't think you can, you know, allow Montana to possess the ball for 40 minutes out of this game. You've got to be able to stop the run for me. And, and you know, Montana State's got, a, obviously, a, a great running game. Isaiah Fonse is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, you know, they don't hurt themselves. They've turned the ball over three times the entire season in eight games. So, uh, you know, they, they don't. They don't screw it up for themselves. They make you beat them. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks can run. McKay has been really solid this year. And then when they bring Malad in off the bench, he's a, a tremendous threat at, you know, running the ball. So I think for Eastern, you, you just can't let them go on 12 and 14 and 16 play drives that eat up seven or eight minutes off the clock. Eastern's offense is predicated in part on a rhythm and a flow and when they sit there for on the sidelines for you know several minutes then that's going to 
throw them off. And that's kind of what the fake punts did with Weber State. They got Weber State points, but it kept Eastern's offense on the field, tired out the defense some when the second half came around, and uh, uh, kept the offense off the field and out of a rhythm in the middle quarters of the game. So I think that's job one in this one, is you've got to be able to um, you know, slow down the run. I don't think you're going to stop the run, but you've got to be able to slow them down and just not let them go on those long marches. And then for Eastern, it, uh, to me, it always it starts and ends with the turnover situation. They are 63-0 and since 2010 when they have won the turnover battle. And against a team that's turned it over three times total all season, uh, that's going to be a tall task. But if Eastern can do that, the numbers show that they should be in pretty good shape in this game. Where are we at with the record on the red right now? The Inferno, definitely one of the most infamous fields in all of college football. Eastern's been playing on it since 2010. What's their record right now on the red? Well, I'd have to stop and... <laughs> I think they've only... I, just, I was just wondering... The release, you, it's, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's really good, except for when Weber State comes to town, because right. they had won 20 in a row. Uh, Weber was the last team to win on the red, and then uh, and then they you know won 20 in a row, and, and, and Weber won again. They, you know, some of that has been... Um, skewed a little bit by playoff losses on the Inferno when they lost to Youngstown State in the semifinals in 2016, and they lost to Sam Houston in um, 2012, I believe it was, and, and Illinois State in, in 2013. Um, so the um, 63 and 11 is the all-time record on the Red Turf. I was kind of killing time there while I was looking <laughs> for it in the release. 63 and 11 on the uh, on the Red Turf now over the years. So. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. But Montana State is one of the teams that has won on this field. So, uh, you know, but none of the guys that are playing now are, are, are or any probably of the guys on the staff, uh, you know, at, they probably didn't have anything to do with that particular game. And, you know, in all likelihood, the same thing for Eastern. I'll have a few coaches that were around then uh, because they have four or five coaches on the staff that were Eastern players. But, uh, you know, I don't think that has anything to do, obviously, with this game. He's Larry Weir, voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles, one of the best in the Big Sky Conference. Larry, appreciate you taking the time today, man. Look forward to seeing you in Cheney, and uh, have a good rest of your week. Absolutely, Colter. Always happy to do it. ESPN Roundtable presented proudly by Paradise Falls. Need a place to watch the Montana State game or the Montana game. Both teams on the road. Head on down to Paradise Falls Saturday afternoon. They got breakfast, lunch, dinner, early and late happy hours. 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Grizz Star of the Week, Marcus Wellnell, coming up right here on ESPN Radio. Back after this. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
Dynasty's continued rolling across the soccer landscape of the Treasure State as four state championships were claimed this last weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In the Class AA boys' state title game at Fort Missoula, Hellgate got a goal from senior Marcus Anderson in the final minute of the second extra time period to lift the Knights to a 1-0 victory over Kalispell Glacier to earn its third straight Class AA title. The championship is Hellgate's seventh title since 2011. In AA drills action, Billings West finished off its unbeaten 2021 season with a 1-0 win over Bozeman Gallatin for the second title in three years for the Golden Bears. In Class A boys, the state title match featuring the Whitefish Bulldog finishing off one of the great runs in the history of the state of Montana. Columbia Falls had a penalty kick to tie the game with no time remaining, but Whitefish keeper Will Petmeyer made a save to secure the 3-2 victory. Whitefish's fourth straight state title means that the Bulldogs have not lost a match since the 2017 state title match against Belgrade. In the girls' Class A state title match, the Laurel Locomotives kept chugging. The dynasty of the division posted a 2-0 win over rival Billings Central to claim its third straight state title and fourth in five seasons. Laurel has played in nine consecutive Class A state title games. And finally, Belgrade head football coach Eric Kinneman has resigned after 15 seasons at the helm with the Panthers. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Best shows of this whole summer. St. Paul and the Broken Bones out there at the Kettle House Amphitheater. It was awesome having concerts back. I'm still weighing. Is it better to have football back or concerts back? I'm just going to go with both. Those are two of the best parts about living here in the Garden City. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. They have dealerships all over the Northwest. You can find all of their inventory, more than 1,600 trucks, at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. We're into November. Big Sky football season is heating up. A couple big games on the road for the Montana schools this week, including the Grizzlies heading to Greeley, Colorado, to take on Northern Colorado. It's the Grizz' first trip to Greeley since 2016. So, great number of these guys on the Grizz. In fact, almost all of them have never even been to Greeley, which is crazy that this is a league game in which guys have not been to. Time now for our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors got their big ski sale going on right now. It's November. I know it's still been nice, but snow is on the horizon, I promise you. So head on down to Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Skis, snowboards, poles, clothes, helmets, all that. Bob Ward's has got you covered. They're also the proud sponsor of the Grizz Star of the Week, which this week is Montana junior linebacker Marcus Wellnow. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in, Marcus. He just got done with practice. Thanks for making some time with us, man. How was practice today? How are you guys doing? Oh, we had a great day of practice today. Got better, ran around. Feels feels good. Well, I know that Coach Houck and the coaching staff, they love guys that love to practice. And I know you guys as a group love to practice, but how do you get there? How do you hone that mentality? Because for some people, that sounds terrible going out on a Wednesday and practicing, but you guys seem to love it. Oh, we do, too. I mean, you just got to love football. If you're going to play college football at this level, you got you to gotta love to come out here every day and just, you know, run around and just play football. At the end of the day, it's just like playing in the backyard when you're a little boy. It's just, that's all it is. It's still, still football. You might get yelled at a lot more, but 
still fun to do it. <laughs> Certainly with this coaching staff, too. They're not getting, letting you guys get away with anything, but it is fun to yeah. watch just how demanding they are. Yep. Well, let's talk about this last weekend, first and foremost. Uh, weirdest game I ever covered. I've been covering the league for 15 years. I've never seen a game like Saturday's, and I've never seen a game in which a team had so much go against them, and they still won. But you guys were able to do it. One of the key plays in the game, when you got your big paw on the field goal that would have been the go-ahead field goal against Southern Utah, but Montana comes away with a 2019 victory. I know you're at the post-game press conference, but it's kind of hard to recap those things in the moment because you got the adrenaline flow and you just got uh, done with a big win. So now that you've had a couple days to, to go through it and probably see it on film, just take us through that play. How were you able to block the big kick against Southern Utah? Um, I mean, just effort, really. Just everyone everyone around me going as hard as they could. Got, they got to push around me so then I could go squeeze in a little hole there. And Jace Lewis actually pushed me in the back, gave me a little more forward. And then, you know, just my hand was in the right place and it hit the ball and it went from there. Was that the first kick you blocked in college? Uh, no, I blocked the punt when I was a freshman versus uh, UND. That's right. I remember that. That's absolutely right. Okay. So t- take us yep. through that part of, of this, the Grizz program, because I've always thought that was one of the coolest parts about the Grizz program, especially if you're a defensive guy, a linebacker. It, it's sort of like climbing the ladder, right? You're a young guy, you're red yep. shirt, you try to lift, you try to make your name, and then all of a sudden you maybe get an opportunity running out, down on kicks or trying to block some punts. So when you were a young guy, what was your mentality on special teams, and how did you use that to sort of establish your position on the team? You know, that I mean, when you're a young guy and you're just playing special teams, you know, that's your moment to make an impact in a game, and that's how I took it. You know, you obviously don't start, you don't play a lot, but the plays you do, you want to you make an impact. That's always what I wanted to do. So just go as hard as you can. Know exactly what you're supposed to do, and you, you just can't let your team down. you got a lot of people and a lot of fans counting on you to do your job, so you got to take it as seriously as the starters do when they start, and I, like I do now, I took it. I took it that serious when I was just a special teams guy and just waited for my opportunity to play more plays on defense. Well, one guy that I love watching on special teams right now, and this has always been one of my favorite parts of the Grizz, is just finding the guy on special teams that's like the dude is just wrecking shop because that's his number one job. <laughs> and right now, it's got to be Levi Janicaro, man. He is playing with his <laughs> hair on fire right now. So I know he's a guy that's getting some reps too uh, up with the first defense, but – First and foremost, he's just annihilating people on kick teams. What have you thought of his performance specifically on special teams so far? Oh, he's been doing awesome. I mean, coming, he's switched from defense, switched defense, I think, two years ago. I don't know, we've all been here so many years, but <laughs> right. I mean, he's just doing awesome. Going down, just hitting people, doing his job. I mean, he loves he loves that part of the game, and I think it's 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 fun to watch. I always watch our special teams guys play because, I mean, I'm, I'm in friends with everyone, but I just love watching because I, I knew I used to be there at that point and just – there's some big hits, and those guys go so hard, and we, we do really well on special teams, so it's just fun to watch. Marcus Wildell joining us here on Nuanas Now. He's our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward, Sports and Outdoors. Talk to us a little bit about your last couple years, because like you said, it was an extended offseason where you had a lot of time to train and practice and, and no games in between, but it seemed like you really uh, improved yourself physically, you know, speed, strength, all that stuff, so... What did you do? How did you take advantage of the the uh, extended offseason uh, leading up into this year? I mean, there was a it was a long, like you said, very extended. You know, that COVID at first, we got a little bit of spring ball, and then we were home for a while, and I wanted to keep lifting, so I made a little gym at my house because I mean, that was the most important thing is just stay in shape. And then just the strength coach here, strength coach is here, got me right. And then going in because I was supposed to, I was starting for that first first year we we're supposed to play, so getting reps with the ones for almost. A year and a half before I even had to take a real rep, that really helped too. Is just settle down and realize that. So when I started my first game, it wasn't really like I was in first time really doing it because I've been doing it for a year and a half now. I just hadn't played in a real game yet. 
You're a hell of a capital guy. Hell of a capital's got great football tradition. They've produced a ton of great players, and a lot of them, most of them actually, that have gone on to play for the Grizz or the Bobcats have been guys that play in the front seven. A lot of great linebackers and D linemen out of hell in the capital. So, first and yep. foremost, did you have anybody that you looked up to that was a capital guy when you were growing up? I mean, the prettiest obvious answer would be Matt Miller for sure. Of course, sure. man. I mean, I know, I know, he didn't play linebacker all, but I mean, just uh, he growing up and watching every other position, though, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he might honestly play some linebacker too. But just growing up and watching him and just the uh, the Bruins just dominated every game. I mean, I little boy growing up, I saw it when I was when the Bruins won like five straight, three straight, whatever it was, and then Carroll College won four national championships in a row. So growing. Little boy in hell, and I didn't see a lot of losing football teams or even games ever ever lost. So it was pretty cool seeing that. And it seems like that program prepares you for the college level too. But how? I mean, how, how did Helena Capital sort of get you ready to play for the Grizz? You know, I think after coming here, I think the, how serious we took lifting there yeah. and how serious we took football. We our our lifting coaches there were just phenomenal, and you know, ever I think all the programs around the state are doing it now. But I think early we were. We lifted at six. We every every day we were there six in the morning, grinding off season, in season. Like it didn't matter. We were always there. So I mean, I think that's what the biggest thing is how the weight room got got us right ready for college football. And the coaches there, I mean, a lot of them had played college football, so they knew what it was about. So we practiced like that. And it's just it's a great program. I love those guys. No question. You've been following them at all in the playoffs. They had a big win last weekend. Upset Great Falls yeah. on the road. Yep, that was a big win. Now they got to go play West. Yeah, no doubt. And that's get a big be, upset there. No doubt. Well, that would be a, a tough challenge. Marcus Wellnow joining us. It's our Grizz Star of the Week presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Well, speaking of Helena Capital, you got a brother on the team as well, Trevor Wellnow. He actually came on earlier this year because he was doing a little fundraiser car wash, which was pretty cool, uh, helping give him back to the Missoula Food Bank. Uh, but not a lot of guys get to play college football with their brother. So what's that experience been like for you? Oh, it's awesome. You know, having him here, once he got here, also, I didn't want to ever tell him where to go, but when, I, when he got offered from the Grizz, I was like, hey, you can come play with me. And he did. And I was, I'm was i so happy because having him here is just great. We hang out all the time. We're real good friends. And then actually our other little brother, he's a, like equipment manager out here. So he's out here in practice with us every day doing stuff with us. So, I mean, all three of us are here together. and It's, it's pretty special. Well, super cool. Very awesome to have that a family connection. I, I talked to, about this when I introed this segment, but – Super weird in this league that it's a 13-team league. You only play eight league games. You don't play everybody every year. And sometimes you go forever without going to a place. So a lot of you guys, most of you guys, never even been to Greeley, Colorado to play a game. So is that weird? I mean, what's it like going to a place you never played before? Um, You know, it's, it's always interesting. I kind of like when I go there. I kind of see the field, see the surrounding area, see the locker room. It's, it, I, I like it. I like not knowing what to expect. But once, once I'm there, I like going early to see what it is and then get ready to play. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone on the team that has been to Greeley. Unless maybe maybe a transfer, but because I know Jace's class is the oldest class here, and they've never been there, so I don't know if anyone has. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's crazy to even think of that. Uh, let's talk about the matchup. Marcus Weldo joining us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, what do you think of the matchup with Northern Colorado? They have uh, played a different style than maybe I thought that they were gonna. I mean, you, you hire a former NFL receiver and Ed McCaffrey as your head coach. You bring in a, a, a highly regarded. Four-star quarterback recruit and Dylan McCaffrey, Ed's son. But it's been more of a ground-and-pound, ball control, really play slow down the games, try to keep them low-scoring. So what's your guys' general thoughts just going into this game against UNC? I mean, yeah, you said it right. They like to run the ball, just try to ground-and-pound you. And they also they're, you got, they have a really good passing game, too, so you got to respect that. So, I mean, 
they do a lot of good things, and they playing, they've been playing really well lately, as of late. So we just got to be on our best, and yeah. What do you think is the key then for Montana if you guys are going to go on the road and get a key Big Sky Conference victory? Uh, especially going off of last week, we just we can't beat ourselves. We had too many mistakes in that last game, like you said. Really, it was a weird game. We a lot of those were self inflicted, so we got to just avoid all the self inflicted stuff. Play as hard as we can. Should be good. Well, Marcus, we appreciate the time today, man. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for being with us here on Nuanas Now, and uh, go get them on Saturday. Good luck uh, against the Bears and Greeley. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me. There you go, Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate Marcus Wellnell for joining us here on ESPN Radio. A good story of a kid that came from a Montana high school, held a capital, and uh, he's really worked hard to transform his body and really get into the proper space and athleticism to to be when he's at his best a dominant player in this league and certainly no matter what a very good player in this league part of one of the best linebacking cores not only in the big sky conference but uh, in the fcs more on this game against northern colorado we talked a lot of eastern montana state what's up with the bears though why have they been surging lately or at least playing better we'll bring in andrew houghton from espn missoula and skyline sports to talk a little bit more about this grizz game on the road in colorado keep it right here nuanas now Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What up? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks so much for hanging with us here on a Wednesday. Awesome show today. Thanks for all of our awesome guests for swinging by. Jam-packed today. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joined us off the top. We also heard from Brent Vegan, Montana State Head Coach. Mick Morris, Montana, excuse me, Missoula, Hellgate, High School Football Coach. Also heard from Larry Weir, longtime broadcaster, 30-plus years in the booth as the voice of the Eastern Washington Eagles to help us break down and preview Montana State's game at Eastern Washington on Saturday. And then we heard from Marcus Wellnell, junior linebacker for the Montana Grizzlies, as our Grizz Star of the Week. All of that is available on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Talk a little bit more about this uh, Northern Colorado game, because... 
Northern Colorado's only won 37 games since they joined Division One level in 2006. They've only won, I think, 26 Big Sky Conference games. Northern Colorado beat Montana the last time Montana was in Greeley back in 2016. That was one of only two wins ever by Northern Colorado in the 44-year history of these two teams playing. So that's all to say it's been tough sledding. I'll be the first to admit that I thought Northern Colorado was in for another offer. I didn't think they were going to win a game in the Big Sky Cowards. They've won a couple games so far uh, in the uh, Big Sky Cowards. They've actually won three games this year, which exceeds their 2018 and 2019 win totals. So uh, not necessarily, uh, I guess you could say they've exceeded expectations in year one over Ed McCaffrey. They've done it in a completely different fashion. They've actually had a couple, quote-unquote, more prolific offensive outings the last couple weeks here to get their season average of total yards per game up to a whopping 270 per contest. They were at 168 at one point. But this team's won three games in each of the three wins. They've only scored 17 points. That shows you the the way they're controlling the clock. It shows you the way that they're controlling the ball. It also shows you their defense is playing uh, a little bit better. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I think that one of the, the what's the what's the way to frame this? It's not detrimental, but the perception among people in Montana is that when Northern Colorado's on the schedule, it's a guaranteed win for either the Grizzlies or the Bobcats because it has been. It has been basically a guaranteed victory. That said, Montana cannot treat this game like that because as we just heard from Marcus Willdale, there's not a dude on this team that has been to Nottingham Field. I think people in this league that haven't, uh, Grizz fans travel to, the Kibbe Dome, they travel to the Inferno in Eastern Washington. They travel to Bobcat Stadium. Portland State sometimes draws some Grizz fans because Portland's a fun city to go to. Not very many people make the trip down to Greeley, but maybe they do. Maybe they will just because of the Denver connection, whatever. What I'm getting at is if you've never been to Northern Colorado, you have no idea how different it is. It's the little things like the visitor's locker room is like three-quarters of a mile away from the field. So you got to walk forever to get to and from the field in your football gear. It's the little things like that that can derail you in your first appearance at a stadium. So all that's to say, we bring in Andrew Houghton, from, uh, our producer here at ESPN Missoula, and uh, it seems like an assumed win on paper, but Montana has to bring it this weekend because this would be absolutely detrimental to the Grizz playoff hopes if they were going to go stub their toe in Greeley against a Northern Colorado team that, quite frankly, has been better than people expect. Yeah, and like you kind of hinted at, I think this Northern Colorado team really kind of matches up well with Montana. They do. Because it has been their defense for the Bears this year, and that is sort of, this is what's really interesting to me. I think that Northern Colorado, it it hasn't been what they expected. I think when you bring in Ed McCaffrey and he gets his son Dylan McCaffrey to transfer from Michigan to play quarterback. A lot of that was the publicity around it, I think, when Northern Colorado made that move. And I think what they were expecting was, even if they were going to struggle a little bit, they would score a lot of points. They would have sort of an exciting offense. They would have, because they, they would have eyes on them because of Ed McCaffrey coming in. And they, they could sort of piggyback off that. Well, they've been pretty, you know, they've been not terrible this year, but it's been all because of that defense. I mean, they have... One of the best pass rushers in the big sky in, in David Hogue. They've got a good linebacker in Jace Bobo. I mean, they've they've been winning with defense, as you mentioned. So I think that's a really tough matchup for Montana. The one thing that favors Montana so much is that playing ball control in Montana against Montana advantage opponent 
when the Grizz have the ball because the Grizz have had a really hard time running the ball and controlling the clock. Disadvantage opponent because the Grizz have been outstanding on special teams and have been outstanding against the run. So if no one took Colorado is going to try to milk the clock, I think they're going to have to do it with the short and intermediate passing game because if you're just trying to run up the middle on the Grizz, it ain't happening. That's one spot that has been pretty much untouchable for the Grizz so far this year. Yeah, and of course that short and medium passing game for Northern Colorado has been nowhere to be found. I was doing a little research on this team, man. Dylan McCaffrey's gone over 200 yards in two out of eight games. He has at most, I think, 233 yards in a game this season. And it is, I mean, they're trying to set up. I mean, we've watched a little bit of Northern Colorado because we watched them against Montana State. I watched a little bit of their game against Sac State just for for research purposes. Man, they're trying to set this stuff up, and it seems like 50% of the plays that I've seen from Northern Colorado this season is Dylan McCaffrey just junking a screen into the dirt because they they haven't been able to get it going. That's the number one thing that has held Northern Colorado back. Northern Colorado's actually had as many pros on their roster over the last 10 years as almost anybody in the league. They've had some outstanding talent. I mean, Seth Labata, Kyle Sloter, Jacob Nip, all three of those guys got shot in NFL camps. Those guys are all quarterbacks that were at least had a cup of coffee in the NFL. So it's been the offensive line that has been the thing that's held. Offensive and defensive lines, but specifically the offensive line that's really held Northern Colorado back. More on this game tomorrow. David Hogue, who Andrew mentioned, will join us sometime later on this week, either tomorrow or Friday. And I got a bunch of other stuff coming at you, including our good friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, is going to swing by. We'll also hear from Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, and a uh, bunch of other things for you as well. A little public service announcement for you here on Nuanas now. That Grizz game is, is a 12 p.m. kickoff, so high noon. It'll be available on ESPN+. Plus. It's not on SWX. It's not on Root. You can also find it on the Grizzly Radio Network. The Bobcat game is a 2 p.m. local time kick. Of course, from Eastern Washington, Cheney. It will be available on SWX as well. So uh, SWX actually originates out of Spokane, so they'll have a good crew there. I have to show you the Bobcat game as well. So there you go. Grizz kick at noon. Bobcats kick at 2 p.m. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Excited for it. Appreciate you hanging out with us here uh, on a Wednesday. We're into November, and uh, the games they remember are played in November. So hopefully you're enjoying all the coverage and content we're rolling out for you. It's been a lot of fun doing all these interviews and making the rounds. So we appreciate all of you for tuning in. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 p.m. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful evening. It's Nuanas Now. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.